Blog Talk Radio. everyone. Greetings to the Love Tribe and welcome to the Get Your Entire Life Radio Experience. My name is Milani Shani, aka the Love Goddess, and I'm your personal self-love and relationship coach for tonight. And I just wanted to uh, welcome everyone to the show. And for those of you who are new um, to the show, our intention here is to remind you to simply love yourself by being yourself. The show is all about getting your entire life Uh, So whatever tools, information, or inspiration you need to bring yourself fully present to the fact that you can have it all. So if you want to reach out to me during the show, you can at getyourentirelife at gmail.com. Again, that's getyourentirelife at gmail.com. This is definitely an interactive show. So those of you who clicked in, if you'd like to call in and share your views, once the phone lines open up, you can give us a call at 657 3830698. We definitely love to hear from you. So this week's um, theme on Get Your Entire Life is our You First theme, uh, self-love and relationships. And we're featuring our guest co-host tonight, Michael Manson. I'm so excited that Michael is here tonight because you get to hear the masculine and feminine side. And I always love it when we can share both sides of a story. So the youth topic tonight is uh, struggle, love, and we're discussing the expectation that people should sacrifice their needs, desires, or personal vision to attract and maintain romantic relationships. So this is going to be a really good show, um, a, a great discussion. I found an article um, called Struggle Love, and I thought it was really, really interesting. And I wanted to share the article with you all, and then I wanted to have a discussion about this article with my good friend Michael and to talk about both perspectives. So hopefully some of you will chime in as well and give your perspective, but it's very powerful 
um, article, if you really read it in a way that um, you're uh, introspective and um, really looking at what what are our um, our different um, views on marriage and and lengthy uh, the um, engagements and that type of thing. So it's going to be really interesting. Um, as always, we have our reflection questions that's brought to you by our millennial goddess Amber Shani. So thank you, Amber, for these reflection questions for our show tonight. So the first question is: Are you lowering your standards? So you can find a romantic partner. Are you lowering your standards so you can find a romantic partner? Does your definition of a good or healthy relationship include reciprocity and purpose? This is one of my favorite questions because a lot of times when I'm coaching couples, I never really hear them talk about um, purpose, right? Like, What's the purpose of the relationship? Like we have our own individual purposes and our own individual um, lives and things that we want to do, but what's the purpose of the actual relationship? And sometimes, most times, that's missing. And I think that's why we have so many relationships breaking down today. But we're going to talk about that. Um, The next question is, when in a relationship, do you allow others to support you mentally, emotionally, or physically? And then the last question is, are you seeking relationships that are in alignment with your authentic values or with your conditioning? So that's a great question as well. Like, are you really allowing yourself to get to a certain point before you jump into a relationship? Like, are you allowing yourself to really heal and to, um, especially if you come out of a relationship that you experienced a lot of um, pain or you experienced a lot of shadows? that you want to really do your work in healing so you're not going into the next relationship with a whole bunch of defense mechanisms and conditioning, or have you uh, taken the time to think about some of the values you have? Are the values that you have the values of your of your parents, or are they your true real values? Because sometimes our values can be um, um, the same as our parents, and sometimes it's just not. Sometimes it's our, you know, our values are totally different. And so, have you taken the time to to see that your values are totally different from your parents' values? Have you taken the time to heal and and remember what your true values are? So that is a great question. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that. And you know, some of you, when we talk about these things, you may have your own opinions, and that's absolutely okay. You know, where I come from, it's not about right or wrong. It's about what's working and what's not working. And so it's not about making anybody wrong or making anybody right. It's just about having a discussion about, um, you know, a perspective and then everyone bringing in, you know, what works for them, what doesn't work for them, and everybody being able to bring their perspective in. So I'm going to read the article to you um, just so you have uh, a reference for what we're talking about. And it's a really, uh, really great perspective from this young lady. Um, her, um, I'm going to give you out her, uh, 
the website that I found this article on. If you want to go and read that, you can feel free to do so. But as always, before we get started, we want to just take uh, do a grounding exercise and take a couple of deep breaths. But before we do that, we're going to acknowledge our ancestors, acknowledge the creator and spirit for being here with us, for guiding us, for loving us throughout this conversation, and allowing us to get a better understanding of ourselves and a better understanding of relationships so we can all commune together and really be together as one and in unity in spirit. So thank you to our ancestors for guiding us through this um, conversation tonight. So if you're at a place where you can, I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes for a few minutes and just take a deep breath. Inhale through your nose, exhale out of your mouth. And let's do that again. Inhale. And exhale. Again, inhale. And exhale. All right. So we definitely want to breathe and bring ourselves into alignment and harmony and balance. So um, we want to be connected with our authentic nature tonight so we can open up and receive and give in this moment. So um, also we want you just to set your intention tonight as to what you would like to receive tonight from this show. What is it that you, you want to receive? Um, what do you need for yourself to balance your relationship with yourself first and then your relationship with others? So just think about that for a moment. And then we're going to go right into this article and read it for you. So this article comes from Aura the Quill from Medium.com. So that's A-R-A-H, the Quill, Q-U-I-L-L. And the article is actually, I found it on Medium.com. A disturbing video came across my news feed the other day, and it wasn't a street fight or somebody, somebody, some bloody crime scene. In fact, it was a wedding. The video showed a woman crying tears of joy as she prepared to wed her longtime boyfriend of 23 years. The ceremony took place in North Texas hospital room, but the groom had taken up his fight against stage four colon cancer. And as a family, hospital staff and local news cameras bear witness to the rare occasion, the couple lovingly exchanging their vows. Do you, Blair, take Pamela to be your lawfully wedded wife? The officiant queried, promising to love and cherish, to love in sorrow, sickness, and health. I do, replied the groom. And after the bride echoed similar sentiments, the officiant proclaimed the two one. The couple kissed as friends and family looked on tearfully. We did it, Pamela exclaimed, causing a second round of applause to ensue. And as I watched the video, I couldn't help but to feel sorrow for the both of them. There's no denying that cancer is crushing. It strips us of loved ones, devastates entire families, and what has a well-earned reputation for being nothing short of relentless. Cancer is an unjustifiable offense on human life, and to be clear, the groom's cancer diagnosis is the most tragic part of this story. But what also disturbed me was the less obvious tragedy we'd all just witnessed, the one having less to do with wellness and more to do with weddings. The comments affirm what I've always known to be true about society's understanding of marriage as it pertains to women. We're conditioned to believe that marriage is something you do for a woman, a reward, if you will, 
not something you do with a woman. And the com- as commenters applaud the groom for finally making an honest woman out of his longtime lover, I thought of the women in my family who had, similar, who had made similar sacrifices, the sacrifice of their time, dignity, and self-respect. No woman should have her relationship, expectations, and desires dangled in front of her like a carrot in exchange for her undervalued contributions and psychological buoyancy. If a man finds that he cannot offer a woman what it is she requires to be content in relation with him, even if that be marriage, he should, in fact, move on. Not because he doesn't love her, but because people have a right to have their needs met in relationship without being made to feel guilty for it, and black women need to hear this the most. We are consistently told that we should ask for little and accept less. We're labeled gold diggers and social climbers if we dare desire partners who are providers, something women of other nationalities have done and continue to do for the betterment of future generations. And we're regularly told that the things we desire are out of reach, out of touch, or simply out of our league, marriage being one of those things. Black women are constantly bombarded with statistics and studies proclaiming that we're marrying less frequently, marrying less stably, and divorcing more commonly than their peers, and the underlying suggestion is that we should lower our expectations if we hope to find and keep a man. And this is reflected in black media, black film, black television, and black music. The ride-or-die chick isn't a myth. She's a grown woman now. She's our aunties, our cousins, our mothers. Truthfully, she's some of us. She's the caveat to every 20-year dead-end relationship, the expectation to every rule. She's the pinnacle of holding a man down, devoting her life to proving her worthiness to a person who has chosen not to see it, finally having all of her resilience pay off in the final hour. And when the man finally comes around, it will be as a result of his deflated perception of himself, not because of an inflated perception of her. A man who waits until his health has run out only to commit to you in his sickness is asking you to fulfill vows that he himself is incapable of. Marriage doesn't just mean help me get through my worst. It means benefit from me at my best. There's a reason marriage is a social concession for men, but a social achievement for women. And maybe the reason is that these relationships were never intended to be mutually beneficial. As women struggle to walk a fine line between housewife and harlot, men are encouraged to sow their royal oats by engaging in things they actually enjoy, like partying and casual sex. The idea that marriage is the end of things for men is not uncommon, particularly in the black American community. As far too often, black men assert their marriage to the time-worn men who have exhausted their better years and tighter, and tighter options, not for men who still have things to lose or gain. The notion that after you've had reckless fun in life, you latch on to some man's daughter and burden her with the aftermath of those reckless decisions is not a myth in black social circles. And because patriarchy assesses women's worth based on their attachment to men, black women knowingly take the shitty deal and are applauded for doing what many others would scoff at. 
if black women are going to get married anyway, knowing the demands of society puts on us both as black women and as wives, we should do so under the best circumstances for us. Marriage already requires more labor, more sacrifice, more change, and more give from the woman at the very least. It should be done when the partnership is in its most productive state, not when only a person is capable of, not only when one person is capable of contributing. That doesn't make you a partner at all, actually. It makes you a caretaker. And that is a role black women have played for far too long. Marriage isn't the prize you get for being the last woman standing after a man has exhausted all of the resources. If we keep allowing ourselves to be convinced that love is all we need, that a piece of a man is better than no man at all, and that later is better than never, none of which is true, will continue to accept relationships that lack purpose and reciprocity. Marriage is about sickness and health. Yes, good times and bad, absolutely. But marriage at its core is a legally binding agreement intended to offer equal social benefits to a team of two people who agree to work together for the betterment of themselves and society. It's not a charitable act, and it's certainly not a favor. No amount of struggle or endurance makes you a worthy candidate to a man who sees marriage as a social reward for your suffrage. Struggle, love, will never pay you back everything it requires of you to hold on to it. It's much cheaper to let it go. We are deserving of love that feels good, that affirms us, and that meets our expectation, and we shouldn't be asked to wait decades to get it. So that's the article, Struggle Love. Again, that was taken from Aura the Quill, A-R-A-H the Quill, Q-U-I-L-L, from TheMedium.com. So I'm going to let you all sit with that for a minute, and then I'm going to come back with uh, my special co-host tonight, Michael, and we're going to talk a little bit about um, this article and give some of our perspectives on, you know, how we feel about this article and take it piece by piece. So um, I'm going to play a song for you guys, and we'll be right back. Um, The song is Believe by Jamar Jackson. Enjoy. Nobody's faithful, where it's hard to trust, and everyone's running from labels. It gets hard to believe that I might be meant for you, and you might be meant for me. Every night I get down on my knees, praying to God, Lord, please let her be for me. This woman's so beautiful, inside and out, I want to be with her forever.
us fail Then work things out When everybody wanna see us go through hell It gets hard To see To see if we're doing the right thing And if we're supposed to be Every night I get down on my knees Praying to God, Lord, please that'll be for me This woman's so beautiful Inside and out I wanna be with her forever Welcome back to Get Your Entire Life. I am Alani Shani, a.k.a. The Love Goddess, your personal self-love and relationship coach. That was uh, Damar Jackson's Believe. And we're back with our topic tonight, Struggle Love. And we're here with our, I'm getting ready to bring on our guest co-host, Michael Manson. So we just um, talked about an article or read an article called Struggle Love. And basically, for those of you who just joined us, the article is really about um, this woman who waited 23 years to marry, um, I guess, the man that she's been with for 23 years, and he was um, in the hospital with stage four colon cancer. And so the article was basically talking about, like, why why do we have to wait so long and wait until the man in this particular story could not really even contribute to the relationship to ask um, the woman or to get married. Um, so right now I'm going to bring on our special guest co-host, uh, Michael, and then we're going to go ahead and start our discussion. So, Michael, uh, let's try to get some love and energy to to Michael. Hey, Michael, are you there? Hey, how you doing? Doing well. How are you? Good, good. I know you have some, some real comments about this this article when I sent it to you and, and you read it. So um, do you want to start there or you want to just, um, you know, co- move in a little slowly? <laughs> well, you, you know, it, so I guess maybe I took it a little too personal. Uh, when I first read it, I was married at 18. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. and I, and my nose was open and I didn't feel like that represented me. And so I guess I, extrapolated it out to other men as well. I know other men that did not see marriage as uh you know any kind of death sentence or anything like that. Though I though I know many that do. Um and I you know, I I felt on the initial reading that, you know, man, that's that's harsh. Um but you you know, I do know uh a lot of instances like that. And I know that the prevailing uh 
thought on marriage. Uh, yeah, marriage is cross-culturally thought of as uh, as a job that uh, you do because you have to. Um, you know, with they they joke about it all the time. There's before there was memes, there were memes about it. You know, the old uh, ball and chain. So, <laughs> exactly. I, I, so I. I I, I get it. I never felt like that. Um, but um, even in, you know, and you, you know, some of my history and uh, terrible relationships, um, I didn't feel that it was the institution's fault. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it, it it's uh, looking at it from a business, from a business standpoint, or relationship standpoint, she got a terrible deal. Um, Mm -hmm. Not knowing everything about their relationship and why it took uh, 23 years, was it? Yeah, 23 years. Yeah. Yeah. Why it took 23 years to get to that point. And um, him being kind of on his, you know, in stage four colon cancer as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I don't... uh, you know, but you, Melody, uh, uh, you see this in men's relationships also with their children sometimes. You know, yeah. I know guys that hadn't communicated with their children in, in any kind of real way for years, and then as they get older and get sick, you know, now now's the time to reach out. Mm-hmm. Now all yeah. of a sudden they're concerned about uh, legacy, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a grim yeah, situation. I, I, I don't believe it was always yeah. that way. Yeah, it definitely wasn't always that way. I, I just want to uh, kind of create a context for what we're talking about because I know people do get, you know, huffy about, you know, when you're talking about this type of thing. It feels one-sided, which is one of the reasons why, I wanted to do this with you, uh, Michael, because I wanted to have both perspectives um, so it wouldn't seem like a one-sided conversation. But I also want to let people know that this is not about everybody. You know, of course, we're not saying everybody in the world or all black men wait 23 years when they're on their, you know, their sick bed to marry the women. That's not what we're talking about. But we are talking about um, a group of people, a group of black women and a group of black men and we're giving our perspective on how we feel about this. Um, like Michael said, he knows men that are both sides of the spectrum, and I also know men and women who are on both sides of, of the spectrum. So I know women who don't want to get married, and they date for long periods of time. I know men who do that as well. So it's not about, you know, all men or all women. So I just want to be very clear about that before we have the conversation but I wanted to bring the article because I think it's an important conversation to have um, because it, it, is a, um, it is an epidemic almost um, that nobody's really talking about black men not being married, but people are talking about black women not being married. And it's really deep for me because if black women are not married, black men are not married. You know, and so you know, it's 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 a, it's it, it's we're getting to an epidemic, so to speak, quote unquote, of black women not being married, and some women are choosing that. It's not really about they can't get married, 
Um, but some women are just choosing not to, choosing not to settle, choosing not to go that route, choosing whatever to have multiple partners. Whatever they're choosing, they're choosing that. But I want to uh, kind of break this article down and um, go through each one and also look at some of the questions that we had, the reflection questions, and so we can um, provide hopefully some clarity for those of you who are listening, some clarity for ourselves as to why this is happening, how this affects us and impacts us, and how we can change it um, in our own lives or change some things in our lives. So hopefully this will cause an awareness and awakening for us all in whatever area we need to be aware and awake. So the first part I want to look at is um, the the article talked about um, the boyfriend of 23 years and having the ceremony in the hospital room while he was ill with colon cancer and having family, hospital staff, and local news cameras bear witness to this occasion. So I was a little bit taken aback by that whole thing because I'm like, why have the news anchors and the hospital staff, like, what, why are we doing this on, you know, broadcasting this on TV? And what, what is it, you know, why is this a celebration? And that is my thing. It's like, is it a celebration because the, the way that the writer, um, the author of this article wrote it was it, it, it seems like a celebration that the bride, she said some of the commenters below the video were saying, oh, the bride, the, the groom finally made an honest woman of the bride. So I was a little bit taken aback by that because I'm like, okay, so why is it, first of all, that you want to do this on TV? And second of all, what is it, you know, why is it that the groom made an honest woman of her? What is that perception about? Why isn't she an honest woman because she's been dating this guy or being with this guy for 23 years? So I would love to hear your perspective on that, Michael, and then give mine. Well, the the honest woman thing goes way back. I think we've been saying that one for probably a hundred years. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a terrible thing because the, <laughs> the idea is, you know, you're not valid until you're married, you mm. know? Um, yeah. So that's, that's a, a, ter- a terrible saying. Uh, so why do you think they did it on TV? Why do you think they wanted to broadcast it? I think it's just clueless, cluelessness. Uh, we live mm-hmm. in a society now where, People broadcast everything, mm-hmm. you know. It's true. It's uh, and, true. And I don't know how, I don't know how old that uh, that article is, um, but you know, uh, reality television been, has been around quite a while, and social mm-hmm. media has been around quite a while, and since there's been social media and uh, and reality television, we've been putting all our stupid stuff on 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 display. <laughs> Um, because we want, I don't know, we want attention so bad that even if it's bad attention, uh, that's our, that's our fame. That's our 15 minutes. Um, we can go back even to the people's court days or divorce court. How long has divorce court been on? Forever. I wouldn't have dreamed to put my divorce on (laughs) 
on television. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I think that it was on television because somebody felt like they was doing something. Like I would have been embarrassed. Um, exactly. You love this. Well, you love this woman, but you waited 23 years to marry her. They they both should have been embarrassed. Mm-hmm. She should have been embarrassed to to you know. If she really wanted to get married, she should say, "All right, let's just go justice of the peace or something." Twenty-three years, you know, that's yeah, crazy. That's a long time. And the date of the article was actually May twenty-seventh of this year. Of this year, yeah. So that was really so, yeah. yeah but, so that actually makes more sense yeah. to me. Yeah. Because yeah, our, sure. our, socially, we've gone through it, this shift where. We'll say, you know, we have arguments on Facebook and, you know, we'll post pictures of just about anything. And, you know, so um, that's not a surprise. I, I, I mean, I'm of a certain age, so I, I'm, you know, flabbergasted by it. But I think people think that's normal now. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So for me, I feel like I don't. You know, if a person is in a relationship and and they don't want to get married, that's okay. That's cool, perfectly fine. Um, but if if you have a relationship where one person wants to get married and the other person doesn't, in this case, that because we don't know the situation with this couple, but just say in this case, the man doesn't want to get married and the woman does, it's like. You know, it's like, oh, because I hear this all the time. Oh, she was ride or die, right? So because she's willing to be in this situation for two decades and not really get, like I said, we don't know the situation with this relationship, but but in, in, in any relationship, and I've seen many where women wait for years and years and years, decades to get, um, married to a person and they go through all kinds of stuff with the men before the man actually decides to settle down and they're considered ride or die. Now, most of the time, a lot of times, women are burnt out, like completely burnt out when they get to the end of it and can't really even enjoy it. And in this case, it's like you can't really enjoy the fact that you've become one because your husband is in, you know, in a sick bed, is in the hospital. And I'm assuming, I'm not going to assume he's on his deathbed, but it's stage four colon cancer, right? Right. And so it's right. like you can't, what's the benefit to her? Maybe maybe there was some type of financial thing tied to it, maybe, but what's the benefit of being married to somebody who's on their deathbed, right? So that's what I'm thinking. Right. I'm thinking, you know, maybe there was some type of financial gain or something. Um, I mean, I just don't, because cause, and that's why I think the re, the author was thinking about like writing it from this perspective that she's waited all this time because what is the point of marrying somebody on their deathbed, right? Unless it's something that you right. always wanted, or there's some property or you know, finances or, you know, something is involved where you need to have this marriage, right? 
So the second point I wanted to look at was um, in the article where she said, we're conditioned to believe that marriage is something you do for a woman, a reward, if you will, not something you do with a woman. I thought this was really important because a lot of times in today's society, it happens a lot. Like you see a lot on TV or on YouTube or on wherever you're looking, women who are, you know, men are down on their knee giving them a ring and women are like, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, it, it's like this whole, like it, it's, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like, oh, finally, oh, he loves me, oh, I'm worthy. It's like that kind of thing. It's, it's not necessarily like, you know, the man is like I'm getting a prize. It's like he's being, you know, revered because he's done this thing, but the woman is like, oh, he, lo- he, he loves me, I'm worthy. And so my whole thing is what is it that we're thinking in our minds when we think that, you know, a, a man is, you know, it's, it's so great and so the man is to be revered because he is giving a woman a diamond and asking her to marry him. Like now, now she has worth. Now she's worthy. Now she's, you know, she's, you know, she has status, so to speak. Why are we still there in 2019? Like, that's my question for that one. So, Michael, what do you think? I think that we are still there because, uh, well, there's a couple reasons. One, because I think marriage is, is a rare occurrence. Um, mm-hmm. well, that uh, and they're not in an order of of uh, significance, but but one, yeah, one would be because rare uh, it, it's rarity. Um, two because it's just conditioning. Um, we live in a in a patriarchy, and so that is the the prevailing thing. And I I mean I guess if I if I go back to days when, you know, it was harder for a woman to own property uh, and things were much more dangerous. So, you know, there were other advantages to being married, um, that, more business-like advantages, I guess I should say. I don't know. But, uh, but, but we haven't – we've advanced technologically but we have not advanced much spiritually uh or socially um even though you know we we get offended now more about certain things but we really miss the point um right and and so we try to we try to legislate things that only come from spiritual growth if you know what I mean. Um, just like uh, uh, civil rights and, and things like that. These should have come out of spiritual and, and personal growth, not because, you know, a government said, this is what we're going to do. Right. So, you know, um, we still, we're, I don't think that, I think we're actually, not as close as our parents were 
I mean, just that mm-hmm. generation. Um, I think, you know, as a community and, and certainly as, uh, you know, men and women, I think there's more animosity now. Yeah, I agree. Um, we've trapped each other with our own words, really. We've turned uh, male-female relationships into a sort of strategic game or uh, a military mission or something where we don't think about the person as a person but a uh, something to be achieved or a goal right you know absolutely is, you know even if inferior and we've talked about this before as far as the arranged marriages um at least, you know, and I know this is a point that you you were going to do later on, at least there's a purpose to those. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and, and I don't you know, know if I, what? I the kind of, I kind of, yeah, I, I kind of like the concept. I'm starting to warm up to the concept of arranged marriages, you know, because I'm looking at all of the, all of the, well, I know a couple of people who have been, who have participated in arranged marriages. And, you know, it's been really powerful to see their marriages flourish, right? Um, but one of the other things is that they're not of this culture that we're in this American culture. So they have support around them. And I think that's another breakdown of why, you know, it takes so long for people sometimes to, you know, get married is because if that's what you're seeking, because the support is not there, like the, the, the community support, like there's, you know, weddings and things of that nature is like supposed to be like your community coming together, witnessing, but now it's more of a show, more so than a community that's coming together, witnessing you, that's going to help you to maintain your relationship, that's going to help you maintain your marriage, it's going to give counsel to you or support you or, you know, build your, help you build your marriage. I um, had the privilege of being in a community um, of uh, 10 couples that were married, and they all have been hanging out together for, like, years, like 10, 15, 20 years. They all went to college together. They got married, and they have, like, these couple retreats, and they do all these things, and I was like, wow. And, And most of their marriages were very strong, and I was able to do a couple's retreat for them, and it was a very beautiful and powerful event. But one of the things I noticed is that because they're in this community where everybody's married and they're hanging out all the time, it's, that is the norm for them. Like, it's not about being single. It's not about being out here doing other stuff. It's, like, about really being with your husband, being with your wife, being with this community, they went on trips together, they had game night, they did all kinds of things together as married couples. And I think that makes a huge difference when you're in a community that supports that, 
whereas being in a community that doesn't. Does that make sense, Michael? It does. It does. And what's your take on that? Uh, so I, I, I haven't I haven't experienced that. Um, I have experienced um, a type of relationship where you did things with the family, um, and I've I've had you know been friends with other couples, um, but perhaps not to the degree that I would have liked. Um, uh, well, th- let me say this, and I was in a sort of a in my my first marriage in, in my youth, uh, we were in a very uh, active church. So I suppose that could be considered, I mean, and we were going at that time, you know, uh, two or three times a week in church. Uh, so we, we were doing things with other families. Um, but to, to be uh, like close friends with other couples and things like that, I have not, I, uh, unfortunately, experienced a lot of that. Yeah, I think a lot that of people haven't experienced that, and I think it's it's very powerful, you know, when people can experience that and can really um, be a part of that community because it was so powerful. Like being a part of that community for like a couple of years. Um, and just being able to be in that space was really amazing and seeing how they operated. They were very close-knit. The couples were close-knit with each other, and they were close-knit with their community. And it made a huge difference. I just thought about that as we were going through this article. It made a, a huge, huge difference. Um, so, yeah, so let's look at the next point um, in this article um, because she talked about um, – that she says that not because he doesn't love her, but because people have a right to have their needs met in relationships without being made to feel guilty for it, and black women need to hear this the most. So I think that she was talking about um, how, uh, you know, women need to be valued at a point before 23 years or looked at as valuable and not like, oh, let me, you know, she has earned this when I, I really can't do nothing anyway, and she's earned this, so I'm going to go ahead and, and let her, you know, go ahead and marry her because she's earned this. So I think that it's really important to look at that as like, you know, what is, and this is why I wanted to have you on too, Michael, because I wanted to ask like, what is in a man's mind? And and I know that you know men like this. I know that you may have even been in this place. I don't know. But what is in a man's mind when he's dating a woman for years, right, like 10 years mm-hmm. or more, and mm-hmm. he doesn't even begin to see her as his wife or as his life partner? What is... What are those scenarios based on your experience with other men or based on your own experience or both? I guess the the first thing that I have to ask is, is that even a friendship? Because Mm. 
if you if 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 the woman is even if you have feelings for the woman and you know that she's hoping for a, a marriage and you have no intention of marrying her, then as a just as a human, you should just say, "Look, I'm not I'm not going to do this," you know, and you know the relationship has to to do something else, but but it can't. I'm not going to marry you, so you know you need to find someone that that wants to do that. Um, right. So I mean, but but what's going on in the in some men's minds is I think mm-hmm. that you just want a relationship of comfort, and Ooh. you're not trying to grow or you probably if you have a goal like that I, I don't ten years is a long time um but mm-hmm. but I've seen it before I've certainly seen it before um there's obviously not communication going on uh so and I think the guys like that you, this is not a woman that you are choosing but you're kind of just hanging out because she's not really the woman that you want, doesn't it mean that as well? Yeah, it, it does. I mean, I hate this saying. I've heard it so many times because you know it's it's insulting to to both parties. But you know that saying about the milk and the cow. What's what they say? Like why? Yeah, why buy the cow? Why, do you get the milk for free. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. right. It's like <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm getting what I want. You you feed me, mm. you sleep with me, you 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 know mm. uh, build my ego, and I don't have to do anything but show up. Wow. Um. So there, there's people. I mean, I, I mean, and men and women, but you know that we we'll do that. We'll take what you're gonna what you're gonna give. They, you know. Uh, and how does it feel to be in that position? Like, okay, so I don't know if you want to be transparent in this situation, but have you been in that situation before? And if you have, what does that feel like? Like, are you even thinking about how you're impacting the woman that you're with? Or are you just kind of feeling like you're, you know, since you're getting your needs met, you're not really even focused on her needs or you feel like just because you're showing up that her needs are getting met. Um, I don't think I've never been in that situation of that many of, of years, you know, and I don't want to nitpick like, Oh, well it was six years. It wasn't seven years. That's not what I mean. I mean, I've never, mm-hmm. um, I always try to, you know, state intentions long before we even get to that point. Um, okay. I was uh, married for let's see, 13 years the first time and a little over a year the second time. So, um, and the first time I was married at 18. Mhm. But what do you what what do you think a man is thinking when he's in that situation? Like like you said, you described it so eloquently and so truthfully. Like 
I'm getting my needs met. I'm getting cooked for. I'm getting. I'm having sex. I'm doing all the things I want. All my needs are met. So, what do you think that men are thinking when all their needs are met? Are they thinking about how they're impacting the woman, or are they feeling like that just because they're showing up, she should be happy or she should be good? I, I think it's a it's um, a rainbow. A different things. For instance, okay. you're gonna have the guy that that thinks that. Uh, so you got you're gonna have the guy that he, he's in a game, and the game okay. is if you haven't if you haven't expressed a, a, your feelings one way or another, I'm gonna assume you're good with everything. So mm. if there, how about if that? There's an, if there's no if there's no communication, like if you don't tell me. Hey, I want this. If all you're doing is throwing out hints and hopes and wishes, and not mm-hmm. communicating and and drawing a a certain you know line in the sand, so to speak, um, then they're gonna take. You know, they're just gonna keep taking. Right. Um, so you're so so you so, feel like men are assuming that the woman is good if she's not saying anything. If you you and and the man is going to keep taking, keep taking, keep taking as long as she's not saying anything. Because right, the man is right. assuming now, that she's okay, she's good. Sometimes he's assumed it. Sometimes he knows she's not okay, but because she's not mm. saying anything, he'll wow. just keep rolling with it. And, and that's, wow. not, that's, that's not attractive at all, but, I mean, that's, that's the way it is sometimes. I see it. Wow. wow. And then, yeah, you know, and this is another thing. This is something that, that you hear all the time. Um, women will be in a relationship, and they'll come to mm-hmm. another guy to try to figure out, rather than <laughs> rather than go to the dude they're with, They'll ask another dude, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And, right. and so we're already at a deficit because you didn't ask him, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I'm your brother or your father or your friend, but I can't, you know, I can give you my opinion. And if the dude right. ain't no good, you probably didn't listen to my opinion anyway. You know, mm-hmm. you should ask me before you started dating me, but, you know. But uh, that thank you for being honest. That's that I know what you're saying is true. It's still a hard pill to swallow hearing it from you because you know that view is is I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in in the lives of my friends and clients and things that men will do that. They'll just keep taking and taking and taking. Like you said, if you don't say nothing, they think you're good. But what what women are thinking, just to give you the other side of it, give our, uh, the love tribe the other side of it, is that. We're thinking that if we keep giving, then eventually the man is going to take us as, you know, as his <laughs> own. He's going to choose us. You know, my one of our goddesses, Talicia, says it all the time. You know, we feel like we're going to be chosen. You know, if we keep giving, if we keep giving, if we keep giving. And I know this not to be true. So I just wanted to you know, to let, you know, some of the goddesses in the audience to know that from a man's point of view, to know that that's not the truth. Like, just because you keep giving and keep doing doesn't mean that you're going to be chosen. And 
it could mean if you are chosen, you could be chosen at the 23rd hour, like this woman was chosen at the 23rd hour when her man is on his sick bed with stage four colon cancer, and he cannot be fully present in the relationship. That's very you powerful. Know, Thank you for being honest and transparent with that, because that, that's, that's the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. If, if, if you have a guy with any sort of empathy um, and any sort of uh, growth or, or awareness, then whether he, if, if, if he cares about you, and he has no intention. Maybe he just, you know, he wants to be friends with benefits or or, or whatever. But mm-hmm. that has to. Everything has to be expressed. And if he cares about you, he's not going to let you waste years uh, while he makes up his mind. You know, how, Say that again. How long does Say that it, one more time. Say that one more he's time. He's not going to make you wait years. If he cares. In order to make up his mind. If he cares. If he cares. Mm-hmm. If he cares. There you go. You know. Did y'all hear that? If he, if he, y'all hear that? Okay. I want y'all to hear this. He's not going to make you wait years. Okay? I, the, the, hey, Milani. The only caveat mm-hmm. that I'll give to that is if there are circumstances, if it's a Maybe it's a long distance relationship, mm-hmm. or yeah. um, mm-hmm. there is some sort of financial goal. And that that can be a trap too. But the, mm-hmm. the finance thing, and that's and and that's something that needs to be discussed. Um, oh, absolutely. That's the next thing we're getting but, ready to talk about. <laughs> but but it, but you won't even get to that discussion if he's not thinking about you seriously anyway. Wow. Which should be able to be determined before the financial part. Um, mm. Like if you're if you're living together, um, there needs to be reciprocity there as far as living arrangements. If he's not doing that, and, and then this goes to another thing because some people don't live together before marriage. I understand that. Um, right. But if you are living together and hoping that it's going to move to the next level. How is he handling things now? Because if he's not helping you now, he's not going to help you when he gets married, when you're married. Right. Right. I, right. I mean, you know, it. it's you, – you have to be friends before you can be anything else. Yeah. Um, if you're – if your man is not your friend, then I don't know what you're doing. Hmm. Okay. So let's move on. Let's talk about, uh, okay, so the next part of the article is, um, it's talking about, um, let me see if I can find, oh, here it is. Okay, so. It says, we are consistently told that we should ask for little and accept less. We're labeled gold diggers and social climbers. If we dare desire partners who are providers, something women of other nationalities 
have done and continue to do for the betterment of future generations. So I have some serious opinions about this particular one. Um, So how do you feel about this one? Because, you know, I want to hear your thoughts before I start to talk about my thoughts, because this particular one is it's really a, a big, big deal for me because, okay, I'm going to let you share your thoughts, and then I'll come back. Well, so so the, what was the first thing she said? She says, she we're said told that to we're consistently ask, told that we should ask for little and accept less, and we're labeled gold diggers and social climbers if we dare desire partners who are providers. And then she talks about the women who are actually, um, you know, in other nationalities, other countries, who that's a prerequisite. Like you have to be a provider before their family would even think about letting them marry you. But black women, when we're looking for providers, we're gold diggers. So I, I think there's there's a couple of parts to this. One, which okay. we talked about before, about about some black men looking for their mother. You your mother doesn't <laughs> your mother doesn't charge you anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think guys are thinking that that's the way it's supposed to be, you know. Some guys, not all guys. This is just a you know a lot of good and mature guys out there, but. Um, there's a there's a segment out there that thinks that I, I don't know um, I, I don't know I, I that one I, I don't get either I, now the idea that somebody's telling them ask for little and expect less um, yeah because I'm not sure what she means. We're gold diggers. You've heard uh, the term. You, you're a gold I'm, digger I'm if you're expecting a man to provide for you. Well, this I is common. Uh, so, no, I, I don't feel like it's wrong to expect a guy to have a job. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I'm a little old-fashioned as far as you know, I I never asked a woman out on a date and expected to split it <laughs> or anything like that or you know <laughs> right, it, right. Or I I mean that whole thing, but um I I mean if I think of a gold digger, I guess I think about a woman who marries solely for financial. Like they, you know, you may not care, you know, I think of the in and I'm, I don't know what was in her head. What was the one girl, Anna, Anna Nicole Smith, mm-hmm. when she married that dude that was like 50 years older than her or something? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it just, and I don't know what was in her head. And she, and he may have had a game out of this world, and maybe she did love him. Um, but it didn't look good, you know. <laughs> and uh, and so I guess it, or, or you know, half of Hugh Hefner's wives, you know, you know those Hefners didn't love him, um, <laughs> but he seemed to be okay with that. He was cool with that because that, but that was an yeah. arrangement. 
I'm sure right. he wasn't exactly. deceived, you know, not one bit. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. if that's what people exactly. are looking for, that's a whole, that's a whole other show right there. But, <laughs> um, exactly. you know, we it, it is. I mean, because if there's gold diggers out there, I know a lot of gigolos. Um, I know a lot of guys living with women. Um, I, I really got to change people around me. I know a lot of guys <laughs> living with women. Uh, that are not reciprocating, you know. Um, I know guys that, you know, they got kids by women, and they show up, you know, after two or three months with a pair of gym shoes and think they did something. Um, <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I see a lot of women that refuse to put a guy on the books but the, but the, but you need help, and the guy's right. not offering help. Exactly. Um, I mean, nobody wants to nobody wants to go through the system. But if you have somebody that's refusing to help you, it's not about you; it's about the child. But I'm I'm getting off subject. But yeah. I well, I that, I think that when what you spoke to earlier, you know, is important because you said. That, you know, when you spoke to how men are thinking, like, if I can come here and I can get everything I want and she's not saying anything, it's cool. But my whole thing is, why is a woman a gold digger if she is in the same position? If she's saying, I can get anything I want from this man, including his money, then I'm going to do that because you're saying, you know, because what we're talking about here is if a man really cares, he ain't going to hang out with a woman like that for years and not do, you know, what whatever it is that, you know, needs to be done or the so-called right thing to do. But when we when it comes to women, everybody has something to say about it. And my whole thing is why is it a double standard in this case? So I'm going to bring on uh, our intentional goddess, Felicia, she has some things she wants to say about this whole gold digger thing. So let's see if we can get her on. Um, Talisi, are you there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She has some things she want to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the gold digger thing, girl. What you got going on? Well, okay. Hey, Michael, how are you? First and I'm foremost. I'm how you doing? I'm good, thank you. And thank you, Milani, for allowing me to jump in. Um so, yeah, so, as, you know, from the show, from our Candid Goddess show, you all know I'm in my 30s, and I'm single and dating, and, you know, one of the things that I have been seeing prevalently on men's profiles on the dating sites is, like, I'm not a trick, I'm not out here trying to trick off on women, or don't be coming to me trying to have me pay your bills, or, you know, like, they are off the bat, like, saying they are not, willing or desiring to um, provide any sort of financial for women, but at the same time, they're the same ones who want to come lay up in our houses, you know, oh, Mm -hmm. what you cooking for me tonight? Like, oh, you know, I'm not trying to do nothing. Let's just watch TV. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, (laughs) and to me, I, I really am just now getting to a point where, 
I'm seeing how utterly ridiculous that is um, for mm. a man to to have that feeling because I was one of those who got caught up in that. I'm not trying to be a gold digger. Oh, I don't need you to give me any money. Oh, it's all good. Don't worry. You don't have to pay this bill for me, even though you come sit up in my mm. house and, and, you know, you to put on right. the light bill. No, you don't need to bring any groceries to my house, even though you want me to cook dinner for you and feed you. No, you know, because I'm like, oh, it's okay. Cause I don't want to be a gold right. digger. And mm. it's like, it's, it's not until recently really hanging out with the goddesses. I'm like, that's that. Like, you coming up in here, and you leave my house, and I'm drained of all my energy, and you walking around whoop-de-doo, like, on top of the world the next day. Yeah, I need a little compensation, because now I can't go to <laughs> Exactly. I mean, it's you know, really just about reciprocity, you know? That's what yeah. it's about. It's about reciprocity. And, and to me, when you got a real God king, when you got a real God king that is really dealing with his goddess queen, he's not going to want you sitting up in there after he's come in and, and, and received. He's not going to want you not to be taken care of. That's how I feel. I feel like it's not something that we should have to ask for, right? Unfortunately, he's still a real lot of God are but the, this is where we have to make different decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Choose differently in our lives. Because to me, what man really wants his salt is going to come into a woman's house, eat all her food, have, lay up in her house, have sex with her, have his way with everything in her household, and leave nothing. Hmm. Like, we need to make a different choice, <laughs> not him. <laughs> we need to make that different choice. Right, exactly. That's exactly what it is. So it's not about, it's, that's what it's about for me, is that when we start to make a different choice as women, then men will have no choice, right? But because there's so many of us that won't make a different choice, that will allow this, men have choices, right? But a God king is not going to do that. A God king is not going to sit up in your house and leave you with nothing. So we have to be clear who we're dealing with, who we're choosing. Well, Talisa, you read his mission statement on his on his profile. No, if I'm he, not. <laughs> you know, if he's already complaining, <laughs> if he's already complaining about spending money on a woman, he ought to get right. flagged anyway. Correct. Anyway, Trust exactly. me, none of them have gotten chosen. I'm talking about previous past experiences. They get an immediate right. swipe left because what are we talking about? That's absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and but, that's a know, great point. Thank you for bringing that. Go ahead, Michael. I think our, you know, our parents are, are collectively, um, they dropped the ball on that too because nobody was telling sons. Hey son, this is how you treat a woman, and this is a whole another you know thing too. But this is how you treat a woman. This is how you treat mm-hmm. a person, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and none of the mothers were telling the, the the girls, you know, not none, but we're telling the girls, look, don't accept less. Right. Value yourself. Right. 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 Because the idea, going back to the, what you were saying before, is that. If I just do this, and and I I felt that because I I've been there. If I just do a little bit more, if I just do this for for this person, 
if I'm just there for them for this and for that, and mm-hmm. the whole time you're doing all these things, the calendar pages are flipping, and you mm. don't realize that you've been with this person for two years, and uh, <laughs> he took you out for dinner a couple of times in the beginning, and that's a wrap. And you ain't seen no other return <laughs> on your. You know, Hello. Are you there, Michael? Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Are you there? Okay, good. Okay. You said you were saying you didn't see no other, and then we got cut off because another caller wants to say something. Oh, okay. Well, no, I was just saying that reciprocity. We we keep you know we keep saying that we keep coming back to that, and yeah. we need to know what yeah. that looks like. You know, it's not going to look the same for everybody because you know, right? You know, you got a degree. I don't have a degree. Um, depending on what kind of you know job I have or something. I mean, this it's not going to always be you know fifty fifty or or I'm sorry, it should be a hundred a hundred. But um, it's not going to look the same for everybody. But you know, the spirit of the thing has got to be there. Absolutely, I agree one hundred percent. Well, thank you, intentional. We're going to bring um, Alexia, our uh, divine doctor, because she got something she want to say too. So we're going to bring her in, and uh, just press one if you want to come back in. I'm going to meet you so I can bring her in. All right. Um, so, okay, so, Alexia, hey, love, you're in the um, Get Your Entire Life live. Thanks for calling in. Hey, thank you. Hey. Thank you for having me. Um, and hi, Michael. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? You smiling more. I- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So I think that okay. So for me, um, I've been in relationships where I would say that I think what happened with women, um, initially, well, like stopping asking men for things is it this independent woman thing came about. Mm -hmm. So it got to a point where women were like, I can, you know, I can, um, I can bring home the bacon and I can cook it, you know, that kind of thing. So women became very independent. And so men started to feel like some men, not all men, but some men started to feel like, well, if you can do it, then, Okay, I'm gonna do let you do it. it. <laughs> right, right. So, right. and then, um, and and so since that came about, it's like we back in the day there was one extreme where the man was the breadwinner and you know and he brought everything home and he got the biggest piece of chicken while everybody else got the little scraps, that kind of thing. And then there was a new extreme where the woman became independent and she didn't need the man as much. And so I think it's just about finding a balance um, between the two. Like as a woman, and what I've learned, and I learned this by um, dating somebody who is – like 15 years older than me. And so when we started dating, he would come into my house and be like, what's, 
you need anything done, babe, you need this, you need that. And so it started, it, it made me look at my relationships with um, men differently. Like, you know what, let me, let me calm down. Let me, it, just him being that way made me want to be softer and be yeah. more feminine. And yeah. so um, he, he helped me realize that it's okay for me to need him because the mm. truth is, see, we want to be like, I don't need a man for shit, but the truth is we need them. They need us just as much as we need them, but they need us for, for one thing and we need them for something totally different. And if we just can mm-hmm. accept that, like, what he needs me for, he he might not need me to go out, and he doesn't need me to be hard. And you know, he he want to come home to somebody who is not gonna be uh, all hard and cussing them out. And, <laughs> but you know, but at the same time, it's like, well, I'm out here making a check just like you. I'm contributing to the household just like you are. So, you know, so that's what I have learned in the last few years um, with being with this particular person is like, I can be softer. I can. And, and, the, and when I am softer with him, um, when I'm displaying that soft side of me, he's willing to do even more. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, just I think, think that's that, a powerful. Yeah. I think that's a powerful perspective because I have also been with men who've activated that feminine essence in me, what you're talking about, like really just activated it where you just want to be in the kitchen cooking, like you want to be catering to him because he brings out that feminine essence. And I think that's an important um, point that, you know, because I always say, you know, when, when men talk to me, when I'm doing couples coaching, when men talk to me about their wives and they want their wives to be a certain way when they come home, and I was like, listen, we can work on that, but know this, when your wife is out working all day and she has to pick up the kids and take care of the kids, you have to check in with her as to how her energy is. If you really want a woman that's fully catering to you, you have to create that container for her. Like you can't expect a woman to fully cater to you all the time when she's out grinding just like you are. That's one of the things that is missing from back in the day because men talking about, oh, you need cook, you need to do this. And I was like, okay, that means you're going to pay all my bills. So they say they're old-fashioned. It's like wonderful. So if you old-fashioned, that means you're going to pay all my bills. So that's going to put me in a place where I'm so happy and carefree that I can cook for you, clean for you, do whatever you need. Because I don't have to have the burden or the worry of I need to take care of you, take care of my bills, take care of the kids, take care of this, take care of that. So that's what I think a lot of men don't remember is that back in the day, as women cooked and cleaned and did all the things for their men, they were taken care of. All of their needs were met, right, by their men. So I think that's something that we miss. But bringing that feminine essence out and that feminine energy, you know, it's certain men that have this persona like that, I mean, have this energy like have you like, I'm good. Like, I feel safe. I feel secure. I feel 
relaxed. I feel, you know, feminine. I feel like I just want to do all these things because that's who he is. And I think a lot of men don't really get that, is that it's a certain energy in men that mass, that, that activates that um, feminine energy in women, you know, and I think it's really important. So I think that we can be softer and we can be more feminine when our men are uh, more caring and know how they impact us. And I think that's a huge balance because Michael was talking about earlier how when men come and they just kind of sit around and they take all they can take and get all they can get, they're not really thinking about how they're impacting us because they're just thinking about, you know, you you ain't said nothing, so they like, you're good because you haven't said anything. So they're not really thinking about how they're impacting us. You know, but going back to what she talked about in the article and what I'm thinking about is I don't want to choose that. I don't want to choose someone who is not aware of his impact because that's now you're going into the mothering thing. Now you have to be the mother and tell him every single thing that's impacting, and now you look like you're nagging and it's going to cause all kinds of things unless he is ready to be in that awareness. And one of the things I heard this guy say on this video was very powerful. He was like, do not spend your time and energy with men who are not devoted and committed to you. Because if you do that, when your real king shows up, you will have no energy to be with him and to give him what he needs. And that is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Shoot. Okay. It's not Thank infinite. You. Thank you, Lex. We appreciate you. What'd you say, Michael? Lexus. Thank it's, you. That energy is not is not infinite. Um, right. Well, or, or let me put it like this: it takes a lot to replenish that. And yeah. Absolutely. You'll let some guy take five, ten years out of you. Right. And you come up, you know. And then that you're you're constantly nourishing and nourishing, and that energy is coming from somewhere. And then he dips, yes, he, he marries the, uh, the the girl from Magic <laughs> right. City, you know. Who so ain't then nobody no energy. <laughs> right, right. So then the good, you know, the good brother comes along, and you just don't have the energy for him, or you're too right. you're too bruised up to see where he's coming from. Or you don't trust him because what you've been used to is completely different from what he's coming with. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's so powerful because I don't think, you know, when that guy said that, and I heard that uh, last week, and when he said that, something in me just clicked. It was like, you know, because I'm at the point now, I'm just in a different space. You know, it's like, mm, I'm single, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, dating, I'm open, you know, but I'm like, mm, I don't even know if I, I've been married already once. I don't even know if I want to go down that road. I don't even know. And what that, because I have that in my mind, what I realized was I'm at that point where it's like I'm almost at burnout point. Like I'm literally started 
healing rituals to heal myself because when he said that, I was like, because I nurture and take care of so many people, not just men, but so many people, it's like, do I really have the energy to put into someone? And if I do have that energy, this person really has to be in an awareness of himself. Like, I do not absolutely have no energy for someone who is not aware of himself and not aware of his impact. I know that for sure. And so this is what I feel like is really important in relationships. And this is what I came to when I read this article and I heard the guy say that I came to the conclusion that the most important thing for us to know in relationships is where we are. Like, where are we as as an individual? And be able to communicate that to the person that we're dating or considering so that we can, you know, make both, we both can make a, a, a good decision. Because for me, I need someone who can come in, who can nurture and love me in certain ways. Like Alexia said, we need something totally different than what men need from us. So I need someone who could come in and nurture me in the ways that I need, and he needs to be able to be nurtured in the way that I can at this point, right? And so we need to all just make sure that we know exactly where we are so we can communicate that so we're not having so much trouble and so many problems in relationships. If we can communicate where we are because we know where we are, because we study ourselves, then we can come into a um, a dating situation or, you know, when we meet someone and if we decide, okay, this is really good, I think that, you know, we'll be good together. So let's talk about where we are because even if you're activated by somebody's spirit, like I have spirit mates or soul mates, people that activate me, men who activate me, that does not mean that our humanity is going to be a match. We're activated soulmates, but our humans may not be matched for each other in this moment, depending on where we are, depending on how much healing needs to be done, but depending on our conditioning. It's the danger right? of falling in love with mm-hmm. somebody's potential. Yeah, and that, that their potential means you're not doing anything now. Right. So we don't do potential. We do proof of life. What's the proof of your life? Like, what's the proof that you're who you say you are? The proof that you're ready to be in a healthy relationship. And a healthy relationship doesn't mean everything is going to be perfect because we're human. Mm-hmm. So nothing's going to be perfect. So you have to be mm-hmm. in a situation where you are open and willing to work through stuff. That's what's going to really create a healthy relationship. If you can't even fix your emotional, if your emotional state is not even in a place where you can work through things, you don't need to be in a relationship. Because there's no perfect people. There's nobody that's going to come into your life that's going to be perfect. You're going to have to work through some things. You're going to have to talk through some things. You're going to have to move through. You're going to have to forgive through some things. So it's not going to be nothing's perfect. It's going to be shadows. It's going to be light. 
And so if you're not emotionally and mentally stable enough to have that, then you don't need to be saying yes to a relationship. Your whole thing needs to be about healing. So I have three reasons, and then I want to let Michael give his final thoughts as we're coming down to the wire, man. I have three reasons (laughs) to not give way to struggle love, okay, because that's what we're talking about tonight. And I just wanted to give you all something to walk away with. Um, Oh, okay, let me get uh, Kari on the line. Our millennial goddess wants to speak. Let me get her on the line really quickly. And then um, we're going to come back. I'm going to give these three reasons, and then we're going to let Michael give his final thoughts. Um, let's see. Kari, you're live on Amber. I'm sorry. Amber, you're live on <laughs> Your Entire Life. Hey, love, how are you? Hi, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on. Yes, of course. Okay, so when you were talking about the first, the most important thing to know in a relationship is where you are. Um, it reminded mm-hmm. me of earlier today I was listening to this person and I could like I I could tell like low self like I could just feel like a a sense of low self esteem. And I was like, mm-hmm. dang, is that what I'd be sounding like when I talk? And when I talked to you about it and you were like, Mhm, that's a mirror I was like, dang, is my self esteem like in the gutter? And I was thinking I was like thinking about, oh, you know, in the mirror, I'd be talking to myself, and I feel good about that, and it's gotten better. And so I'm thinking I am at a different level than where I actually am. And so I was like, mm. after I heard that and after I talked to you about it, I was like, dang, I got to work on my like. So when you just said that you have to know where you are, it reminded me of when I was going out on dates with that guy um, that I met on that dating app. This guy I met, I met on a dating app, and he was, I was not really aware and not choosing to be aware of the level of self-management I had and the level of self-love mm-hmm. I had. So I jumped into this thing. I was like, you know, we're going slow, but I can probably speed up a little. I can probably handle it. I did not handle it. I did not handle it well <laughs> because I was mm-hmm. not aware of where I actually was. And so what you mm-hmm. just said was really powerful for me because like okay where am I really not where I think I am ahead based on different experiences but where am I really based on like the mirrors that I'm seeing in my life absolutely and you know sometimes relationships come for that reason right they come to show you where you are right and so you can begin to heal begin your healing process and also begin to work on yourself and so it just and in sometimes you can do it inside of the relationship depends on who you've chosen to be with and if their their capacity is if they're able to love you through it um and sometimes you can't sometimes you have to end the relationship so you can work on yourself it depends on who you've chosen to be with and and what their capacity is to move to um support you in moving through that um, so yeah, so that that's awesome. You know, thank you for for sharing, love. We appreciate you. Thank you. Okay, Michael, you have anything you want to say on that one? Uh, only that uh, you know I understand exactly what she's saying because a lot of the reasons that, that well, let me just say this first that guys can can smell low self-esteem um, and where a woman might look at a guy with low self-esteem 
and and run away. To, that's like blood in the water to some guys. Um, mm-hmm. If if they know your self esteem wow. is low, and I'm 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 not painting the best picture, guys. All I'm saying is is that <laughs> there, there's a, a, <laughs> a predatory uh, element to to, yeah, to the way we are. Um, mm-hmm. But but uh, and I mean that from an anthropological predator kind of. I mean we. I'm gonna get too deep into that one, but I understand what she's saying. And if you're looking at a person and thinking that you're not enough, then there's a lot of inner work to do because you are enough, you know. Mm-hmm. But you just have yeah. to work on on yourself. Um, Absolutely. So that's the, that's the only thing I can say to that. That's good. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you the three reasons. Three reasons. Three reasons not to give way to struggle love, which we've been talking about all night tonight. Um, the first reason is to think about and focus on your relationship to spirit, God, Jesus, whomever your higher power is, and to really um, be truly devoted to becoming one with that connection, right? So when you're struggling with love or you're struggling trying to find love or desperate for a relationship or out here looking for love in all the wrong places, you're really not focused on your connection with your higher power. And so my number one reason is to focus on that, right? If you're struggling in love or trying to be desperate for trying to find it, then you you can't focus on your connection. And when you get that connection with your higher power, when that thing is strong, you're not going to be out here struggling trying to find love. You're going to be perfectly happy and joyful right where you are and know that if it's something that you're looking for, it's going to already show up for you because you're in alignment with it when you're fully connected with spirit. The second thing, the second reason is because your true purpose is purpose. You didn't come here. Your purpose on this earth is not to have a relationship. Your purpose on this earth is purpose. So it's not about being in a relationship. Being in relationships is beautiful. Being in a community is beautiful. It's one of the things that we're going to do. We're born to do that. But purpose, we're here to have, to carry out some purpose, some mission, something we agreed to do when we came here. So take an inventory of yourself. Have you truly devoted the same time and energy to your purpose as you have trying to convince someone to marry you or to love you, right? Really think about that. Like, are you as committed and devoted to your purpose as you are to try to have a relationship, as you are trying to look for that person? Like, are you looking for your purpose as you're, you know, more than you're out online looking for somebody to date you or somebody to love you? And the last reason is, is your self-love deep enough for you to have a relationship. Like, do you really love yourself enough to be in a relationship? Because, again, when you're in a relationship, it's going to bring up all kinds of shadows, all kinds of mirrors, all kinds of behavior, all kinds of defense mechanisms, all kinds of old pains, all kinds of triggers. When you're in a relationship, that's what it's for because you're healing through it, right? Right. And so do you love yourself deep enough 
to be able to maintain and have the capacity to continue a relationship when all your stuff starts to come up? Are you going to be able to work through that? Can you love yourself deeper so you can work through the stuff in a relationship? So these are three reasons not to give way to struggle love. You don't want to be giving way to struggle love and you haven't taken care of these three things. That is strengthening your connection to spirit, right? Um, Having true purpose in your life and loving yourself deeper. These are the three things that you want to focus on. When you focus on that, you don't even you don't even think about anything other than that. Sometimes you lose your focus and you have to refocus. I've done that too. You know, lost my focus out here in the world doing moving and shaking and lost my focus and I had to come back to center because that's where my peace is. That's where my joy is. That's where my self-love is in the center of my being. It's in me. And yours is in you. But if you don't take time for that, you're not going to know that. You're not going to feel that. You're not going to be able to tap into that and activate that when you most need it. So don't waste your time out here looking for love in all the wrong places and struggling trying to find a relationship and trying to convince somebody to to love you and be with you. If you're trying to convince anybody, whether you're a man or woman, if you're trying to convince anybody to love you or be with you, you already know you got the struggle love syndrome. You you in struggle love hell. So refocus yourself. Refocus yourself and go within. And trust me, you will find peace and you will find the greatest love that you've ever known because inside of you is a spirit that's directly connected to all there is, to God, to the creator, and that is the greatest love you've ever known. There's no greater love than that. So with that said, I want to just um, give Michael an opportunity to give us some final thoughts and any advice that you want to give to people out here who may be in struggle of hell or any women that you want to, you know, just give advice from a man's point of view? I guess the the, the first thing I would say is that we love you. There's, there's no point in me being here if there's no women here. And I think <laughs> I know brothers feel like that. I mean, mm. it's not all of, you know, for so many reasons, for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. what I would say is that use your intuition when you're out here, you know. One, you don't have to look for love. Love is all around you. Don't do what I did and spend years looking for something and ignore the love you get from family and friends. Because that goes to gratitude, and if you're not appreciative of the love that people are just, you know, throwing you away from, from, you know, uh, brothers and sisters and parents and children and friends, uh, if you can't appreciate that, then the rest is going to be hard as well. Um, I've seen women, you know, and men, uh, you know, freeze out their kids because they're trying to, you know, meet somebody in a club and stuff. It's 
ridiculous. I know y'all ain't club ladies, but I'm just I'm just saying. But uh, use your intuition. If if he's not appreciative of his family, of the other people around him, he's probably not going to be appreciative of you. Um, mm-hmm. If he's not, every, you know, we all get into the different situations. It, it is hard out there, but um, how long has he been in that situation? Um, mm-hmm. It's not a struggle if you're in it together. It's a challenge. It's a bonding mm-hmm. situation. But if you but if you're in it together, then then nobody nobody feels like, you know, they're being taken advantage of or or, you know, sometimes you gotta you know you really have to work together on things. Um, and that was another thing we didn't have time to get into about how the economy affected the way we because because now it's everybody got to be working. In, in most situations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to to do things the way we used to do, um, which is why community is so much more important. Um, yeah. Well, it's always been important. Um, well, maybe you know, we could talk about yourself. that on our next show, Michael. Talk about that yeah. the money and the economy issues. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, you can put Don't give up on us. <laughs> never. We never will. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michael, for being with us. We appreciate you so much for your um, transparency and your insight and your wisdom. It's so beautiful to have you here just to give us, you know, a, a, a man's point of view and, um, you know, that masculine energy and to enlighten us as to, you know, how men are thinking and what, what's going on in some of, the, you know, some men's uh, mind. And also just to, um, you know, give us, you know, the wisdom, you know, that comes through you. So thank you so much. And Michael is going to be with us um, every fourth Monday um, of the month. So you want to uh, join us uh, next week, uh, next uh, fourth Monday, I guess we'll be talking about love and money. <laughs> I think that's a great topic. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, Yes, we'll talk about love and money. So thank you, love, for being here. We appreciate you, um, and God is blessings. Love y'all. Appreciate you. All right. So, wow, love tribe, what a beautiful um, exchange. Thank you to all the goddesses. I love y'all, the candid goddesses, for calling in and chiming in. We appreciate you. And for all of those who you are listening, we really didn't open the lines up tonight. We had a lot to say. Um, uh, to you, um, I meant to say the lines were open, but we only have a few minutes to close out the show. So I promise next time I'll open the chat room and I'll also open up the phone line so everybody can chime in. But we thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. We thank you for all of you, all of our candid goddesses who called in. We have a show called The Candid Goddess that airs on Facebook every airs live on Facebook every Friday night at 9 p.m. This week, we're going to be talking about the emotional mistress. So it's going to be a little bit of a spinoff of this show because it's going to be really important for us to talk about um, the emotional mistress. So you don't want to miss that show. So you can log on to The Candid Goddess um, on Facebook and just put uh, The Candid Goddess in your search box and find our page. Please like and follow us and and, and come to our show on, um, on Friday night to um, listen to us talk about the emotional mistress. 
And so um, we want to remind you that we're here to get your entire life um, radio experience every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. And you can now listen to our replays on Apple Podcasts. So if you have an iPhone, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Just go into the podcast app and put Get Your Entire Life into your search bar, and you can listen to all of our previous shows and the recording of this show if you like. Please also subscribe and review our show. If you like our show, please do review it and subscribe to our show so we can grow. Those of you who have um, Androids, you can listen to um, the uh, replays on blogtalkradio.com slash getyourentirelife. If you want to connect with me, um, if you'd like to visit my website, you can go to milanishani.com. That is M-A-L-A-N-E-S-H-A-N-I.com. Or you can go to my online university at auniversity.com for more support around tonight's topic for classes. Um, you can also hit the Get Your Entire Life page on my website and see what, um, what other offerings we have to support you on your journey. You can sign up on my website for the light letter that we have. It's called the Activation Station. You can go um, to my website and sign up for that light letter. We only send out one email every week, and that is on Wednesdays, and that is our letter that is for uh, support, for inspiration, um, for guidance, and for deeper activation if you're interested in that. So my final thought for you tonight is comes from my um, book, Notes to Self, 52 Lessons, 52 Years, 52 Lessons. Um, this is lesson number, um, let's see, what lesson? I think it's lesson number, this comes from lesson number 26. It is the affirmation, um, no, it's lesson number 24, and it's the affirmation, I experience every relationship as an opportunity to heal. If you're interested in purchasing my book, you can also find that information on my website, MilaniShani.com. So the affirmation is, I experience every relationship as an opportunity to heal. Focus your time and energy on healing yourself. If you find yourself desperate for love or relationship um, this way, um, if you find yourself desperate for love or relationship this way, you will never be subjected to someone else's version of what you deserve or what your life should look like. So always focus your time and energy on healing yourself. Any relationship that you come into, know that it's a relationship to heal, whether it's an intimate relationship, work relationship, whatever relationship it is, it's there for you to see yourself, to feel yourself, to know yourself better. So be open to relationships, but you don't need to be desperate for them. You don't need to be desperate for love. Love, like Michael said earlier, love is all around you. You have it all around you have it inside of you, all you have to do is tap into it, connect with it, and you can feel it. So again, thank you so much for being here. I love the show tonight. Thank you for everybody who called in again. Um, This is, again, Get Your Entire Life Radio Experience, and I'm going to leave you tonight with India Ari's Steady Love. Get your song. Listen to the, the lyrics of this song. They're such powerful lyrics, and go ahead and get you some steady love for yourself. So you can vibrate out to the world, and the world will also bring you steady love. I love you all, and always remember to love yourself just by being yourself. Good night, everybody.
woman and he is my man. We can talk about anything. He's got nothing to hide. He's not afraid of his feelings. He's not a slave to his pride. He's giving me love. So steady. He touches my He's a king in the sheets. He's giving me love. 